Try our mac and cheese, a classic taste in sandwich form, a jalapeno rancher for that touch of spice, a classic pulled pork for those meat lovers out there, and don't forget to make it a combo with our famous cheesy fries. Use promo code CFRC1019 to receive 10% off in-store purchases at Meltdown. Find us at 292 Princess Street, right near the corner of Clergy and Princess Street. Taste comfort with Meltdown. This is Glenn Close on CFRC 101.9 FM on Queen's University campus in Kingston. Hi, I'm Rick Mercer from Rick Mercer's Monday Report. You're listening to CFRC Radio in Kingston. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Happy Tuesday. It's Welcome Tuesday, back. right? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, that's when the show's on, so yeah. I hope it's Tuesday. Or we're just, uh, we're just in here. <laughs> We've taken over someone's... Wrong that's my, time slot. That's my fear. <laughs> We've taken over someone's spot. Uh, last week, I think it was last week, maybe it was the week after uh, or before, I thought that... Um, because there was somebody at the window, the back waiting. window, yeah, like <laughs> waiting to to go on, and I thought, are we in someone's time slot? <laughs> but it was it was still like three thirty or something, and we were okay. But they were just nosy. They were just looking in, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of a fishbowl <laughs> in here in the studio. Yeah, a there's bit. a lot going on. You can look in on other people's business. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little, I'm very confused because we've been recording december episodes i know i don't know what day it is i don't know it's, what year it is well, I, I started doing editing to those episodes uh today and i i may have gone a little far with my um comments about love actually you're gonna rein it back in no <laughs> i'm just <laughs> i'm just more pointing out that i don't know it's I'm, a it's I a, a disclaimer far. for yeah. our listeners yeah just so everybody knows that that uh there's some love actually there's, hate. There's some stuff said, and we're just going to all have to live with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but this this week, we're we're still live. We're still doing the show. It's our last live it, episode of the year. You're right. <laughs> it's not weird. <laughs> I, I didn't even think of that. Yes, it is. Yeah, this is yeah. our last live episode of 2018, which also means our sort of last new movie reviews. Because yes. we're pre-recording. We won't be doing any movie reviews um, starting next week but we we do have pre-recorded episodes and there's lots of content coming out in december so for our listeners you will still um, get a new episode every week but um we're gonna you know not be going to movies and taking some some time off but then we'll be back in january with lots movies. of good stuff yeah. so we'll we'll see there um so today's a, a regular episode which means we're going to start things off with some fan questions which i love my favorite feature fan questions yep and Ronald Coleman may be my new favorite uh, fan. Well, don't don't say that. Let's just. Chris will always have a special <laughs> place in my heart, but Ronald can weave a tapestry. I still think the best question from anyone came from, um, I guess, Lori was that her Joyce name? Or Joyce whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, 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 whatever the name was. That you know the. Where do the, you get off? Oh, I thought it was who do you think you oh, are. Oh yeah, who do you think you are? Oh, what was the other? Yeah, where do you get off having a movie? That was last week, right? And they never wrote back. We don't know what okay. their concern was. All right. Well. We'll see. Uh, we, but we move on to, to new fan questions this week. And yes, Ronald Coleman is our first question. Um, get, get ready, everyone. This is, this is a long one. This is Buckle a doozy. in. So, 
Um, Ronald Coleman here, friend of the show and now officially a regular contributor. Enjoyed the show last week, but don't be concerned about comments about mistakes. Your natural banter together makes the show enjoyable. Mrs. Coleman and I and all the other Colemans <laughs> look forward to every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Really enjoy the live format. First of all, thank you. That's nice. It's funny how you were one of the people, two people, commenting about our mistakes, and now you're telling us not to worry about it. I think that's funny. Um, since I do submit long emails, <laughs> I am officially a regular contributor. Perhaps this could develop into a regular segment on the show. We could call it the Coleman moment or the view from Coleman. What do you think? I like the view from Coleman. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see in the new year. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll consider it. We'll talk about it in the show notes for the new year. You know, well, new year, new show. We want to potentially do something different. Yeah. So buckle just, just put a pin in that one yeah we'll get back to you we'll we'll, we'll let you know um so ronald continues i would offer comments this week on the film's first man and a star is born i have not seen either but will be attending the screening room to see both looking forward to first man because it does focus on neil armstrong it is interesting to note that he was selected to touch the moon more for uh, as much for his uh personality than his practical abilities based on your comments of ryan gosling's portrayal you may be spot on in reenacting armstrong's character so this is interesting that um you know in in doing more research and, and talking to more people it seems like neil armstrong just like ronald coleman saying like was selected just as much because of the personality because he, he was had. inoffensive yeah or or more subdued than Neutral. than you know other options such as buzz aldrin which in the movie, Buzz Aldrin is played a little bit more like a, not necessarily like a loose cannon, but he doesn't have as much of a filter and kind of says what he's he wants to. He's not as restrained. No, not at all. Yeah, and, and Neil Armstrong is played as very restrained. So I guess, going back to my comments of Ryan Gosling, I, I guess he's just playing it true to the character. Well, we may never know. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to know, like, what is it? So if, if you find the perfect actor to play a particular role because it suits their personality is that like a good performance or does that make them a good actor like i would still or is say it just good casting yeah or is it good casting like, i don't know that's hard to say yeah it's interesting um ronald continues to say enjoy taylor's story of seeing ryan gosling have a kevin bacon story for next week can't wait have you ever played seven degrees of kevin bacon um that's where you like try to find a connection like, apparently, when you go through actors, that actor is always seven movies away from Kevin Bacon. Like, <laughs> really? you can always do it. Kevin Bacon has been in so many movies that... I could believe it. He's been in a yeah. lot of movies. I could believe so it. So maybe we'll hear more. I'm glad. I'm looking forward to hearing more about Kevin Bacon next week. On A Star is Born, I have already t determined the film is no good. It is Keep in mind, <laughs> Ronald has not seen this movie. It is the fourth time the movie has been made. How can it possibly be any good? But I will go to see it. I enjoy everything I see at the screening room and supporting this great downtown theater. By the way, what is a Lady Gaga? Well, Lady Gaga is a award-winning singer and uh, now an award-winning actress. She won an Emmy for her work on American Horror Story. Oh, I forgot about that. And I as far as I know, she's won probably multiple Grammys for her singing. So she is a, a, an award-winning performer. And Lady Gaga is just a stage name 
for her first name's Stephanie, and then she has yeah. a very Italian last name. Um, which is becoming more and more common, I think. Stage names? Yeah, in terms of, yeah. especially in the, in the music community more so elsewhere. I think also she thought that she needed to create a persona in order to break into the entertainment industry. Like her, her first albums were almost like performance art. Yeah. So, you know, separating which, I mean, the artist. Worked. Yeah. She wasn't, I mean, though she's famous for her sort of theatricality in the work musically that she does, not the first person to really use theatricality in a big way. If anyone out there knows who Kate Bush is, uh, yeah. a UK singer. From the 80s. From the 80s, who was also very similar. Like, if you watch music videos. I mean, look at Meatloaf. He yeah, was Meat all. Oh, Meatloaf, huge in, in just, like, his theatricalness and, you know, the way he used cinematography yeah. in his videos. Yeah, it's like a, watching a musical or a movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think Lady Gaga is just kind of almost like a throwback to that, yeah. that type yeah. of performer. It's just interesting how this is like a bigger rant that we won't get into now but it's just interesting how people put such value to a certain person for doing something but it's always been around but it just happened like i think lady gaga also got lucky in happening yeah. to make this thing very famous and be associated with her at the time in which like when lady gaga started to come out like we're in a new age of being able to make something trend and be popular mm -hmm. that in the 80s, 70s, 80s, even in the 90s that people didn't have. So it's just Yeah, like viral marketing and yeah. everything. It kind of brings me back to the points that we talked about before of like, I think people have always been the same. We're just now recognizing it. Like everyone's saying like the world's right. changed and people have changed. I don't think so. We've, are, we've always been weirdos. We've always been this. But now exactly, we but know. Now we just know. Yeah, <laughs> like we can identify it. So I, I buy it. So thank you, Ronald, for that. Uh, essay. Essay. Almost took up the entire page of, of the notes. So there you go. But we love it. Uh, and the next question, super short. So it's very funny. Uh, Chris, friend of the show, writes, um, what's with movies always being about the same topics? I feel like I need a little bit more uh, clarification. Like, Chris, do you mean like the movies always address the same themes or like we keep making remakes so they're always about the same story or uh, you know i just feel philosophically movies are about the same topics because of the human condition but <laughs> we can get that kind of in depth but yeah i just don't really understand the question what, what what's your take what's your hot take on this one yeah i don't i don't really know what the question is particularly meaning because even if it's just focusing on the movies we see I don't think any of them have been remotely even about the same thing. The only ones that come specifically to mind was the wife and Colette. Those were about the same things about like the husband's taking credit for the woman's for the wife's hmm. work. Those are the only two movies where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the same topic. Um, but there is a new movie coming out at Christmas time about a son who's addicted to addicted to drugs. That's very similar to Beautiful Boy. What's so I that see one? It's called uh, Someone's Coming Home. Like, it's the name of the sun, and it's like, blank is coming home. Oh, I saw a preview for that before Boy Erased. And I saw a preview. In it. I saw a preview for it for hedges, before um, my movie. Okay. Nicole. And it, it gave no indication of what it was about. Um, yeah, you just, the mom yeah. embraces the sun and the, Julia Roberts. the 
daughter goes, Mom, don't do it. Yeah. So I assumed he was a drug addict. And then I read a sh- very short. <laughs> you, just from the, that, you assumed he was a drug addict? Yeah, I assumed. I yeah, I didn't get that at all. From that, like, 10 second, I'm like, oh, he's, oh, I turned to my friend and went, he's a drug addict. Oh. And then I saw a synopsis, and lo and behold, he he's is a, a drug, drug addict. addict. Wow. So similar to Beautiful Boy. I, I, I was so confused as to what. Like why it was about the wife or the daughter being like, don't do yeah, it, mom. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? Interesting. Anyways, viewers, watch the trailer and see wh- how you interpret that <laughs> storyline. Let us know what your first instinct um, is. Yeah, so I don't I mean, I get where he's coming from. Yes, movies do approach the same topics, but that's but I think because. I the reason you just said, like, the human condition has ver- ver- only a certain amount of topics. And it makes sense that a lot of them approach it. But I find even ones that do, like, often approach it from different angles and unique yeah, it's stories. Yeah, not the same movie. Aside no. from A Star is Born, which is the same movie. Yeah, but that's a remake. <laughs> and, I mean, maybe is that what Chris is talking about? Maybe. Like, we keep talking about A Star is Born. That's because people keep getting mad at me. That's the only reason why. I well, this week that. we can blame Ronald. He's yeah. the one who brought it up. Yeah, I don't bring it up. Maybe Ronald's can be on our Star is Born episode. No, that's okay. <laughs> um... So thanks, Chris, for the question. But more clarification. Maybe write in again. Uh, yeah, just, just know, exactly like, what, what you mean. mean. If you give us maybe some examples, maybe we can like talk about those yeah. examples. Yeah, um, Al writes in, um, how long does it generally take you to create an episode that isn't live? You talked about how you're not doing live shows in December and how sometimes you're not live each week. Just wondering how does it, t- uh, how does it take you to put on a non-live show together. Um, first, well, yeah, go ahead. First of all, I'm impressed by all of these questions about our behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants us to draw the curtain, yeah. so they can see what we're doing. It's not glamorous. No, not at all. I mean, you've, <laughs> you've all heard us <laughs> struggle with many things. Flubbing. Um, especially, actually, the first episode that we pre-recorded, which will be next week's episode, is quite hilarious. Yeah, that, actually. and you'll hear a lot notes. of behind. Oh, yes. There, are, there is no behind the scenes because it's all on the scene, or it's a, all behind. Yeah, a little, a little tease. We may have run out of things to talk about <laughs> during the <laughs> next week's episode, and something very interesting happens because of it. But uh, anyways, how, how long does it take us to do a non... I'd say still an hour... To record it, yeah. Um, and then editing. That's what takes a little bit longer. Yeah, and it's not... I wouldn't say it's too long because we still record more or less start to finish. Yeah. So we try to record and as if we're doing the show live. Only sometimes will we edit something else if we... You know, if we fumble or we just didn't quite... Something's not flowing right. Um, and then there's like adding little things in there and here and there. So no, it, yeah, maybe another, let's say another hour on top of yeah. the recording. Sometimes we have to edit out my laughs or my, my pauses. We have to volume adjust more so than edit out. That's for, true. For I, I do fluctuate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And unfortunately the viewers live are just getting it. Yeah. You have a tendency to go like loud and quiet, <laughs> loud and quiet. I'm like that in real life too. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the other thing is, like, live, We kind you kind of just have to accept what happens live. And, yeah. But in editing, you when you pre-record, you have that editing time, so maybe you take more time to, to polish it a so, little yeah. bit. So I'd say about two hours. Our Christmas episodes are a little bit different yeah. because we kind of record them over a period of time, so they're not, like, the norm. No. 
they look different than yeah. how we normally make the show. And they probably took a little bit longer because there's some splicing together we yep. had to do and some editing. So I would say like the ones in December took a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, thank you for the question. Uh, from Sarah for our last question for today. Uh, can you review how December is working for your show? I am a bit confused. You are my replacement for This Is Us every Tuesday night. So I'm just wondering your schedule so I know if I have something to listen to on Tuesday nights. <laughs> I love Milo too, is <laughs> what she ends off with, and that's from Sarah. Oh, we have big shoes to fill if we're filling This yeah, Is I'm Us. I'm so sorry if we're your This Is Us replacement. Like, what a... What a I, I assume this is a podcast listener because Tuesday night would be when the podcast comes yeah. out. Um, so uh, Sarah's probably tuning in on the podcast, which are now available. You can listen to us um, Tuesday night on podcasts, um, really anywhere you get a podcast. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, This Is Us is like a really well put together, well written show. I think also award winning. Yeah, yeah. We haven't won any awards. <laughs> We're nobodies. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I'll quickly review um, how December is going to look. Basically, uh, for the next four weeks, you're going to have three new episodes um, within the four weeks. The only week where there's not a new episode is the week of Christmas. So we have on CFRC, we're on uh, air on December, uh, December 25th and basically how we've decided to work it is next week is the holiday episode so it's all about holiday movies and movies to watch in the winter but are not Christmas related December 18th is the Christmas episode which is also when the podcast will come out which is on December 18th then the 25th on CFRC we're just replaying the Christmas yeah. episode because we assume you're busy be, yeah people are gonna be busy like less people will be listening um and then january 1st is our recap of 2018 we're the gonna year go of the, film yeah best best movies of 2018 we're both gonna give our list which is really tough really tough to pick it's gonna be hard to narrow it down 10, 10 movies um, we're also gonna do kind of a mailbag mm -hmm. yeah that's the other thing to explain is just because um we are not uh, going to be live for the next four weeks i just want everyone to know if you want to still contribute to the show please email or send in through social media your questions for December by this Monday. So you have until December, uh, what is the, Monday the 10th, I think? I don't know. It's the <laughs> I think it's the 10th. So you have until Monday, December 10th to email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com or to go on social media and find us there and send us stuff. Send us all your questions in the next week and we'll put it on our mailbag show um, to kind of end off uh, 2018 with just a bunch of questions yeah. uh, from you. Because next week and the week after, we won't be live, so no fan questions. But we still want to hear from you. So send Ask in your questions anything. this week. Anything you or want. like suggestions you want to hear in our yeah. January episode. That would be great. So again, this is how you do that. You email us at screeninginkingston at gmail.com or use the hashtag, hashtag screening in YGK on any social media platform. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can direct message us. You can just comment on one of our posts, anything you want. We will find it. We'll include it in our December mailbag. But remember, you only have until Monday to do that. For our Tuesday show. For our Tuesday show. Cool. Great. Thanks, everybody, for, for the questions this week, and we look forward to doing all our uh, fun mailbag stuff for the month. That'll Can't be a lot wait. of fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so movie review time. Ooh. We both saw some movies this week. Um, I saw Boy Erased, um, and you saw uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? What a title, eh? <laughs> yeah, do, do you want to start? Sure. I saw Can You Ever Forgive Me, and to be honest, I found it 
very dry. Mm. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't the acting. The performances are really great. Um, Melissa McCarthy is giving. Uh, it's a. It is kind of a dramedy. So she's giving a drama performance, but there's still comedic aspects to it. Her performance was great. The um, other star, Richard E. Grant, who's a British actor, whose name I can never remember, but you definitely know him by sight. Mm. He's in a lot of stuff. Both their performances and their chemistry was really great. Just unfortunately, the um, story was really boring. Mm. And it's this isn't a spoiler because it's right in the trailer, but she essentially comes, she's a author who comes on hard times and in order to kind of pay her bills, she forges uh, literary letters. So like, in my opinion, not like a very thrilling concept. It's already like hard to imagine. Make that like sexier, juicy. Yeah, how do you make that like really thrilling? Okay. And you also know from the onset that that's what's going to happen. At least I knew because I had seen the trailers. So like there wasn't like a big reveal. It wasn't. So, yeah, so I just personally found the movie uh, very dry. Um, And for that reason, I'd probably skip it. I don't think it's not it's not a bad movie per se. I just feel like um, it's really going to make no impact on your life. Like it's not particularly fun. It's not like laugh out loud funny. It's not like tear jerker drama. Like it's not like it's really that forgettable for you. Yes. Yeah. And it kind of sucks because Melissa McCarthy it's nice to see her in vehicles that use her range. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think she's very talented and has kind of been underutilized in yeah. Hollywood because yeah. she's been typecast as that like bigger kind of like brassy yeah. um, girl when in reality, like she has really great range. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to like the movie and she is good in it. I think it had. Um, so her performance is still. Yeah, her performance good. is still good. Okay. It had some interesting things to say about the LGBT. I don't know if I got that acronym right, but essentially um, the gay and lesbian community in New York. It had interesting things to say about that and about women kind of in the literary industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it kind of like said those things and that it didn't explore those mm-hmm. themes. Okay. So it didn't, it really didn't push those themes anywhere and you didn't really go anywhere with it like i think it would have been more interesting for them to look at that aspect like so she is a she's like an open lesbian in the movie and then she also is kind of um she's portrayed as like uh not really concerned about her appearance like Mm -hmm. she's not a very Mm -hmm. nice person so like those things are kind of framed as reasons why her career isn't succeeding. Okay. So like that's kind of just like a side note. So, oh, but that's not that's not like the, the main. F- no, focus the main the main focus is her forging literary letters. Oh, because I would have thought like <laughs> I would have thought that like forging literary letters would be like the storytelling device, but then you frame the movie around those different aspects See, no. of what makes her who she is, and then and then that would have been interesting. That's not what happens in the movie. Oh. Yeah, because what you're describing sounds very interesting to me. Yeah, and her (laughs) kind of her um, comrade or the the her acquaintance that kind of helps her is a gay man in New York, and there the movie takes place in the early '90s, and they kind of just like throw in at the very very end um, like a note about AIDS, and it felt really like oh my gosh we're at the end of the movie and this movie takes place during the AIDS crisis, so maybe we should add. Like a footnote about AIDS. Uh, oh, it but felt it's, but it's really random. It's like not. Yeah, like there was literally no mention of AIDS the whole what? movie, 
and it was only and they don't even say AIDS um, in the movie, but he's sick at the very end of the movie. So you, so an educated viewer would know, okay, this movie takes place during the AIDS crisis and he's a gay man in New York. He probably has AIDS. And then in the credits they say, oh, he died of AIDS. So, I mean, this sounds to me like interesting source material, but then was taken by whoever wrote the screenplay and whoever directed it and not just not executed well. Yeah. And it's because I was looking up like it's a first time director who hasn't really done much, really anything. Um, and then the screenwriter um, has some credits, but not much. I would say like maybe the book is based on the memoir of the woman, Lee Israel. Mm -hmm. She's the main character. Mm -hmm. It's a true story. Um, and Lee Israel wrote a memoir about her experiences. Maybe read her memoir. Maybe the memoir is a lot more interesting yeah, yeah. and you'll get that full fleshed yeah. out. Like what you're describing to me sounds like there are snippets of something that would be very interesting. But if it doesn't really follow those and doesn't really go anywhere then yeah, it's like oh lee like maybe you'd sell books if you weren't so ugly that's like a common kind of that's made in <laughs> that's the not a line for line in the no movie, no no that's a taylor <laughs> synopsis they're okay. essentially like she's like if you put on a clean shirt maybe i can get you a book deal and then like that's it's like offhanded comments like that where like it's saying something about the industry but it's not where you could go with that and make more of an emphasis on that but then they don't yep and it's she ends up just forging literary letters which mm -hmm. is not a well that's i mean that is very disappointing to me because even though i was telling you off air that i i wasn't a big fan of the trailer for this yeah the trailer's not um, great but i was still like interested i just mm -hmm. wanted to go see it um and now that's disappointing to hear i my official review is skip it I skip it there you go it's the holiday season i'm sure you can find more <laughs> interesting movies to watch there you go so can you ever forgive me taylor is saying no skip it I'm saying, no, I can't no. forgive them for making oh, that movie. Oh, you're just saying, no, no. <laughs> I will never forgive you. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Um, segue um, to something that's not funny at all. Um, Boy Erased uh, was the movie that I saw. Um, and it, uh, first of all, very good. I Well done. Movie. I haven't heard a lot of buzz about it, but it's a movie I'm very interested in seeing worth seeing okay. absolutely um very well crafted um three i'm gonna say four stellar acting performances of the sort of four mainish characters that you follow right. around um the you know the basic story is that um the son of a baptist preacher um is uh is gay and is sent to kind of this therapy and conversion center um and the movie i don't know if they did this on purpose but it tricked me at the beginning oh you thought it was going to be something else no no i knew what it was about but i thought it was set in the in the like the 70s or 80s the way even the trailer i saw and the way like how they're dressed yeah how they were dressed and the way just the camera was there's this sort of like 70s and 80 color palette yeah it's often orangey used in the, yes. <laughs> It starts off like that, like you're, you know, the movie opens with basically this car ride to the center and then you sort of, it, it does a really good job of jumping around time-wise, right. going back to sort of seeing um, how he how got, he got yeah. to where he is now and also being in sort of that present time. Uh, this movie is set in the 2000s because a cell phone is pulled out. 
ah, and that's how you that's minutes. how you knew yeah within like as soon as they get out of the car and get to the place like he has to turn his cell phone over and do i you, went so do you think what? that was like a stylistic choice <laughs> i don't i don't know if i missed something or i don't know if they were doing a stylist but i in my own ignorance was like this is set in the 80s and i'm gonna learn about this thing that doesn't exist anymore it's happening now well maybe that's why they did it they made it you think that like oh this is going to be an old timey yeah. not old timey because 70s isn't old timey but like this is going to be like in the past spoiler yeah. alert these it's, things are happening in your backyard yeah, now currently and they have some i mean i won't spoil this movie because this is not a movie that I think should be spoiled. I think you've got to go see it and you have to sort of watch all the things that happen. But at the end, like with most things based on true stories, they do sort of scroll through some information and give mm -hmm. you some stuff at the end. And the statistics on these centers is just, first of all, depressing, Chilling. but scary. Yeah. Really scary. Um, I, is I, it just for Australia or do they do like global oh, stats? No, this, is, this is set in the US. Oh, I just assumed it was Australian because the two so leads <laughs> are Australian. I also th I thought this was set in, in <laughs> Australia in the 80s or the 70s, but no, it is Arkansas, and it's like 2000 and like I don't know eight or something. Like it's so like, is Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe. They're giving American accents. They have American accents and and um, pretty good Southern accents actually, especially Russell Crowe. I think he does quite a quite a good job. Well, I guess they that. they do American accents often. Mm, yeah, and and. Again, both stellar performances. Uh, They're Luke, well, Lucas great actors. Hedges, I think, is the name. Uh, yes, Lucas Hedges plays um, the, the, son. the son. Who you you really follow his story because he is the one. This is based on memoirs uh, that I believe were published by the New York Times. So another memoir movie. Yeah, Two memoir yeah. movies this week. And it was this character who wrote these memoirs. So right. it's really like a firsthand experience of these conversion centers. Chilling, frightening well-crafted movie like this is joel edgerton's first big movie like he's has did one more movie that he starred in uh directing himself in like sort of a horror movie this is sort of he's directed uh, written and starred yeah and he's in this one too joel edgerton plays uh the preacher that sort of runs the center uh unreal have just, you seen have you seen the documentary jesus camp no it's about an evangelical summer camp and it's set in the 2000s, so around this time. And they're making these little children like Jesus warriors. That's It's like Bush era yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a evangelical right. So if you want kind of a, a scary look yeah. <laughs> at this, this type of Christianity, you know, this subset, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus Camp's a really great documentary. Well, and it is so interesting because I... I a friend of mine and I went to see this and we were chatting after and we were talking about how... Even the things that go in with good intentions and yeah. with positivity can still go way too far in a direction mm -hmm. that can be harmful. And and we were both pointing out that it's something that's essentially good and something that's essentially e evil can both cause harm and damage depending upon how far you take it. And this is an example of people taking something kind of verbatim in a, ver in a very yeah. interpretive way. Like there's a lot of times where, you know, in this movie – people are quoting the bible and bringing things up but depending upon how you look at it you could interpret that exact quote so many different ways right and i think that's so interesting that the movie chose to focus on mm -hmm. some of that which i again i thought was a very a very interesting way to approach it the the movie really didn't take at the beginning at least a side like it made it seem like it made it seem like this young man wanted to be there which again was a, a shock and surprise wow. but then you sort of learn why you sort of get 
to know Because he's him like and, a devout. Well, it, it's not just that. It's his family. He's got such a strong family connection. Right. He, doesn't want, he wants to do it for them. Exactly. He loves he, them. He's doing this out of the love for his parents and his family and his community. But then you sort of see what that does to him and, right. and his mindset. And he's also confused and trying to discover himself. How old it's, is he? Um, I believe he's early college because it's at one point he goes to college so i think he's mm. like 20 i would say like 2021 20, wow but still quite young yeah because in his first year of college some stuff happens and he ends up going home and that's when things really start to pick up right. in terms of the story so he's he must be like you know 20 mm-hmm. in and around there um but again it's such a great movie so many amazing moments in it um some fantastic work um by that entire team i will say that Depending upon who you are, you might find a few. There's two scenes in particular that could be a little triggering. Okay. Could be a little. You have to know yourself. Like if you know whether or not what you can handle seeing, yeah. And what you can handle watching. I would just say to be mindful of those things. Um, again, I'm 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 of the mindset of it's a movie. I can 100% separate no matter yeah. what I see from reality. But not everybody can if they're so close to an issue. So I would say just keep that in mind. If, if you're listening and you're wondering whether or not to go see this movie, just mm-hmm. keep that in mind. There's a couple scenes that, that are hard to watch. But overall, well worth it. A really amazing job. I'm recommending see it 100%. And I think people should go watch this movie. Great. So there you go. We've got a see it for Boy Erased from me and a skip it for Can You Ever Forgive Me from Taylor. <laughs> um, so there you go. That's our uh, that's our movie review for today. Great. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Disney is remaking the best bits of Star Wars as animated web shorts to lure in the kids. Not a great plan. So web shorts. So this you were telling me off air like this is YouTube, not their streaming service. Yeah, as far as I could gather from the article, and maybe I just misread it. I guess Disney has a YouTube channel, and okay. so um, I mean, I guess I've, anyone can have a YouTube channel, Disney included. Of course, yeah. So they're gonna make they're animating kind of the most interesting parts of Star Wars because I guess with over the course of a lot of movies, there can be some. I mean, I'm not familiar with the Star Wars universe, but like what I can understand, there's a lot of like dry politics in some of the movies. Only in the prequels. <laughs> okay. The other movies are perfect. So Disney's remaking the perfect parts of the movie um, into short little, well, shorts, animated shorts. The animation's pretty nice looking, and they're gonna upload them um, uh, leading up until the next installment in 2019. To sort of catch kids up on what's going on. Yeah, essentially to, you know, make the kids uh, want to go see it in 2019, right? So mm. I don't know if that's a – I feel like it's just – I don't know. 
<laughs> I feel like Disney just has some money to spend and thought, yeah. oh, we could do this, which is fine. I just, I don't know, kids are a lot smarter um, when it comes to this type of stuff, especially than people give them credit for. Like kids will pick up on on movie and TV show subtleties and things like that a lot faster than I think people give them credit for. Yeah, so I, I think if there's a fear of like, oh, maybe the kids are confused by the last couple Star Wars movies, I don't know where they're getting that. I don't think that that's likely. I don't, but. I don't know. I also like, isn't there already, there was this animated Star Wars mm-hmm. series. Yeah, yeah, the, like filling in the blanks between a couple of the movies, there was an animated um, Star Wars uh, movie, and then there's been two animated Star Wars series. Um, Clone, Clone Wars was yeah. one of them. And then there's one that's currently still on, called uh, rebels i think which talks about like the rebellion in between again some of the movies i feel like the people who would be interested in these shorts are probably already watching the animated and they probably know more about star wars than like i do and they don't need these little (laughs) blurbs or whatever so So i just don't i don't i think it's a weird use of resources (laughs) (laughs) but it's disney right like i mean they have the money they can just throw this around do whatever they want and didn't they just do a big merger yeah they bought uh they pretty much purchased all of fox yeah so or fox is a um movie arm or part of their organization it's just weird that it's not new content that to me is like because like you're not it's i don't understand who they think they're gonna attract with this because People who are into Star Wars would want new Star Wars content, not necessarily old content that's been yeah. reanimated. And they're getting a they're getting a streaming service where they're launching new TV shows and launching new um, programs and movies and stuff there. So I would have thought, you know, they'd be doing something new there because they have yeah, this I new streaming po service. I think Poe is getting on. a show. Isn't one of the characters? Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. he's getting yeah. a show on the Disney streaming. Mm-hmm. That makes so I don't sense. know. Yeah. This is it's just a weird. <laughs> weird there you go someone can maybe do more research and (laughs) fill me in exactly that's why we're saying not a great plan yeah (laughs) okay next headline isa ray and laura dern to fight over cabbage patch dolls for hbo not a great plan that doesn't make any sense what it was what's happening (laughs) so um there's gonna be uh hbo is producing a mini series and actually uh ray and dern are co-producing it and it's about it takes place in the 80s i guess in 1983 cabbage patch dolls debuted in the american markets and people lost their gourds like they were they were crazy for them and there wasn't enough cabbage patch dolls to meet the demands so there were like riots and like fights in like kmart or like wherever they sold them you know what i mean when was this like the 1983 so the show is taking place i think if memory serves arkansas like a like a southern like kind of you know a little bit of a backward not backwards but like yeah i don't want to say backwards but you know what i mean like a little bit more conservative a little bit anyways so um the show is going to take place in a in a place like that in the 19 in 1983 and it's going to be about uh, i guess two women fighting over and it's called the dolls that's the name of the programming okay so i don't know why like a wait a mini series like this yeah it's like a you know a a limited engagement you know kind of like uh what's that uh Big Little Lies, or whatever the name of that show is. I, I just feel like can you can you fill a mini series? Probably like time? six episodes for an hour, right? Yeah, I guess so. That's normally a mini series these days. I, I just, is that an? 
enough, enough for cabbage. Or? They said that they're gonna uh, they're gonna look at like race, class, and like maybe femininity or something. It was like race, class, and one other thing, which all converges with these cabbage patch dolls. Okay. So I mean, if they do that and they do that more effectively than than it seems like Can You Ever Forgive Me does, then maybe there'd be an interesting movie around us. I just don't. How concept. are you gonna make a six? Would you want to watch six hours of Cabbage Patch Dolls? No, I don't even want to watch one hour of that. Like if that was a movie, I would still say not a great plan. That sounds. I would watch a documentary about it. Yeah, like, like real footage. Yeah, give us real footage and interviews and and walk through that. But do we really need a dramatization of it? I don't think so. But. Oh, that's weird. It's kind of a weird topic. Again, I would rather watch a documentary, but that's just yeah, me. I agree. Okay. Universal is making a movie, in quotes, inspired by Prince's music. Not a great plan. Wow, that's a cash grab if I ever heard that. I feel bad for Prince because he, I mean, rest in peace, because he was adamant about not making his music available to stream. Like, he was, like, borderline, like, obsessive about copyright infringement so like the fact now that whoever owns his estate is just like doing things that like prince never would have done kind of sad to me i don't think it's honoring his legacy yeah and i think like also he did it himself with purple rain <laughs> yeah I feel like again i don't i'm not a music person and but i, I mean i know who, what you know who prince was and, and the work but i guess i'm i I get, to me, it just seems like a cash grab. Like, is this For really sure. necessary? The, the then, estate wants to cash in the current musical revival. And that's, I assume then this would be the same as that, the cro- across the universe. That's what they want to do. Like, right? like, they're going to use Prince's songs, but it's not a biopic. So like, like Mamma Mia, right? So they use ABBA songs. it's going to be some movie or it's some be like plot Purple Rain. that has nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't know. Are, like. His music's good. But I just feel like that's not Prince. That's not something Prince would want now that he's passed it on. It doesn't. It's certainly from what you described. It doesn't sound like it. Um, I'm gonna give them a second. Not a great plan for that. Not a great plan. <laughs> because that's no. That you have to honor the wishes of someone. Like again, yes. If Prince was alive and was doing this, you know, it's your music. You can do whatever you want. I still would probably say I don't think it's a great plan because I just haven't seen examples of this being done. Effectively, like right. Mamma Mia, the musical is definitely better than the movie is. Mm-hmm. The movie's okay. I didn't like Mamma Mia 2 that much. I've never seen this across the universe, so I don't know anything about it. But, you know, again, it's it's it just seems like you could go so wrong with it. So unless they, they yeah. find that perfect thing that they just do with it, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people will go see it because they are fans of, of Prince and... It's they people know that, and I think it's being done because it's a cash grab, as opposed to an artist, uh, a playwright, a, a movie, whoever is going. I have a really cool idea, mm-hmm. but I need Prince's music to make this vision work, and then you know you back it. I don't think it's being done for that reason. I think it's being done for the opposite of yeah, whoever owns the estate. Let's just find someone. You, yo, you, you have six months to write this. They shopped it around to too. They like approached different studios. You, you know what? Here's a third one. <laughs> not a great plan. 
Terrible. Yeah, not good. Absolutely. No, no. Let's move on because that's, it's too sad for me to think about. I don't even know this music and I'm, and I'm getting angry and I don't even like, I'm not even a music fan. (laughs) I don't care that much about like this type of thing, but I'm angry. It doesn't, it makes me sad. So let's move on. West Anderson's next movie is no longer a French musical, but it should have a great cast. Not a great plan. Hey, no longer a musical. Maybe maybe it's no longer not a great plan. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a was a great plan or was not a great plan, but now is. I want to include it because this is like breaking news today, I'm yeah, pretty uh, sure. Okay, um, so this it, just happened. It's like a big scoop that we just found out that Wes Anderson's French movie is no longer going to be a musical. It's still going to be filmed in France, like on location. It's about American journalists based in France. And his longtime collaborators are going to be in it. Tilda Swinton, Bill Murray. And this was a, I believe, I believe it's like not, it's based on like, not necessarily original, like it's an original concept based on sort of like real things that happened. But there's, as far as I remember from before, like there wasn't like a book he was going off of. Like it was like a. I don't think so. He typically writes with his writing partner, uh, Roman, uh, not, uh, so Roman Coppola, he often writes with uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's yeah. son. Um, he's also collaborated with uh, the Wilson brothers. Yeah. So he writes a lot of his own. Yeah. And, yeah. But but there's like there's some historical context here. But what was interesting about the idea of the movie was, um, bef- you know, when it, even when it was a musical, was the fact that it was kind of, you know, still a new story, mm-hmm. like still something fresh. But I again. Again, I there's lots of musicals I like, and there's lots of good things that I enjoy about musicals, but I don't think it translates and works as well on film. And I think if you're going away from that, that's that's going to make the film better. Yeah, I I love Wes Anderson. He's one of my favorite directors. So I'm just I'm just any kind of tidbit I can get about his new movie, yeah. I'm pretty excited about. Um, whether I don't know. Uh, originally, it was going to be uh, placed in post World War II France. So oh. immediately after World War II. Okay. I don't know if this current incon- incarnation will also be that time period. Definitely France, definitely about journalism. Cool. I think he said it's an an ode to journalism, awesome. which is interesting in this cl- current political climate. Yeah. So he's probably making a, a statement. <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure that's part of it. <laughs> so cool. yeah, that's that's the newest newest okay. Wes Anderson news. So that might be that might be a good plan then. We'll see. we'll see. Time will tell. A hundred thousand fans demand SpongeBob be allowed to play the halftime show at next year's Super Bowl. Not a great plan. This is a good one for you because it merges some of your interests. Do they know that SpongeBob is not a real person? <laughs> so this came in light of the passing of the show creator last week. Or maybe even, yeah, it was last week. Yeah, the creator Spongebob yeah. passed away. And so they thought an appropriate way to kind of pay homage to him is to kind of get Spongebob to play the halftime show. Um, it's it's one of those, like, change.org petitions. Like, it's nothing real. Like, it's not a real. It's nothing real. <laughs> I, I should, as far as I know. Way to take a shot at change.org. As far as I know, change.org does not bring about a lot of change. It's no, 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 it's a it's, platform it, for it's, petitions, but yeah, it's one of those it's one of those uh, you know 
make you feel good yeah that you are somewhat contributing but really it doesn't do any good yeah so these 100,000 people who have signed this change.org petition <laughs> this is what they want and i guess there's a song from the second season that spongebob sings and that's the one they want to be at the halftime show um <laughs> i don't know i haven't watched spongebob since like the eighth grade so i don't really know what's going on in that no, fandom that would not be that would not be a suitable way to honor the memory of the person who created that show and i apologize i don't even have his name i'm no, sorry i don't listeners. have his name off the top of my head but i do i do know he passed away yeah. last week like i do remember hearing about that um but you know there's other ways to honor that um you could do a big spongebob movie you could do a bunch of you know interesting things with the tv show like there's other things to you do. could even do something on the the oscars because there's been two spongebob movies you absolutely the emmys the oscars like you could do something at all these award shows that are honoring the platforms in which you know he created the character for football is not where to do that yeah i mean i guess they could have like you know like a mascot like someone wearing a foam suit or they could do a hologram holograms are really popular but i don't know i think it's a little it's just i think it's just like a cute fun thing people are doing i don't think it's really gonna happen no, but, but you mark know, my words this is know, gonna happen <laughs> you know there are people out there that this is like they are passionately fighting for this and it will be an atrocity in their mind if it doesn't happen and that's the problem with these types of things like i'm sure i'm sure we might have been a little harsh i'm sure change.org has done some good yeah things, i apologize change.org but i do think that you have to when you sign these petitions and when you exist in your life out there you have to realize the impact that you're actually doing when you're taking actions and not preach to other people and make it and get on your high horse of all these things you do because this just gets me upset of the whole conversation we had in pre-recording uh, the water bottle so the water bottle thing <laughs> stay tuned listeners yeah, little <laughs> teaser about me and the water bottle thing but again it's like you are not doing any good to do anything like, uh, this is all built out of people being upset that someone's dead i think it's more like a meme i think people are being excuse my french like shit posting like they do like i don't think these people are necessarily like diehard spongebob fans i think they've just made a meme out of someone's passing i I don't think they're i think like even if they are diehard fans i don't think they're like they don't care as much as as you think they do yeah and that's kind of my point okay if, if you're going to if you're going to find that hill that you're going to climb and die on as that saying goes have it be something you care a lot about right. and this is this is just give me attention make me feel good i'm an insecure person i need something in my life to make me feel whole it's awful it's horrible it's disgusting and it's one of the things that makes people the most dangerous is things like this mm. there you go there's my rant the 4chan crowd stay away from the super bowl (laughs) (laughs) don't touch the super bowl now the the i thought the thing they did for prince was really nice i don't remember they did a little um um a little homage to him i think it was justin timberlake where i can't remember at the super bowl oh they did like a medley yeah there was like a little moment in medley and tribute thing and like that kind of again prince had performed at some football i don't know if prince had ever done the super bowl but i know prince had like done some performance in there i feel like that's a little bit different but again let's move on moving on the british film institute will no longer finance movies featuring bad guys with facial scars not a great plan oh here we go 
So this is... <laughs> Why this are you bringing in all these headlines in a row that are just... Controversial. Um, so this is... I, so the British Film Institute obviously provides funding to movies, and they have sort of... Um, like a governing policy, you know, like they must have like um like quality standards, like a list of things they do and what they will and will not fund. Right. So uh, they've revised this kind of mandate, and they um, no longer want to film any movies with bad guys with facial scars because they believe that it adds to the stigma of people who have physical disfigurement. So you know, like um, because the bad guy, his face is kind of jacked up. That's like because he's bad and he has a scar. That's bad for people who do have facial scars. Does that make sense? Like they're trying to be like. It makes sense what you're saying. Yes. Yes. The words that are coming in your mouth, I understand. <laughs> but yeah. like the, but you don't necessarily agree with this policy. I still think the rationale doesn't make any sense to to me because it's such a niche yeah, issue. Like, that would be like saying you know. We're not going to have any more villains with beards or mustaches because that you know, vilifies, vilifies the mustache no, community. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but anyway. So I don't know. I feel like I um, understand where they're coming from. Like, I, I don't like, yes, I believe that we should eliminate the stigma of people who have um, disfigurement or, you know, some sort of um, physical uh, handicap. Like, we should be working to remove the stigma. But I just feel like it's such a specific issue and in a way it becomes almost like censorship on film like you're just gonna like you know anytime i don't know i just feel like it's maybe a little bit misguided like i understand yeah, the rationale but i think like the execution's weird and i think that they could be focusing on maybe uh sort of larger issues like maybe yeah. like why don't you fund like why don't you renegotiate your mandate and see i mean i don't i haven't read the the policy yeah, like the yeah. governing policy but like why don't you make sure that 50 percent of the movies funded have female directors yeah or or you know why don't you fund education programs around prejudice and around allow you know films are films like this i agree with what you just said about maybe it's just misguided the way they're going about this because i agree i think we should do everything we can to eliminate stereotypes uh, stigmas and anything that makes you as a person look at an individual and think of them as less less than you. Mm -hmm. I think we should eliminate all that. But guess what that has nothing to do with? The film industry. Nothing to do with that. It has to do with all of us and the way we associate, the way we're taught, the way we communicate with each other, the way we learn from each other. Um, let's work on the education system. Well, let's train parents. Let, why don't we take all that money and let's do a parenting course for parents? Because I know, I, I know, if I was a parent, I would want that. Yeah. I'd love a course. I'd love to to, to learn from someone. Social else. awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to learn new trends and be able to teach my children things that are going on that I don't necessarily know. I think that would be great. Why are they wasting their time on something that's in the end isn't going to matter? So they said in the mission statement or like the publicity statement was that they are like. We believe that film is the first, like, has the power to change, and we can break stereotypes through film. I agree. I believe in the power of film. Yeah, I, I think, believe I in think the power film of cinema. does that already, yes. Um, but they had these lofty, you know, we're going to start <laughs> yeah. change by, you know, have, by no longer this. will our Bond villains have facial scars, blah, blah, blah. They said, alternatively, another, uh, like, on the flip side of that coin, they are uh, funding another movie about... Um, 
a woman who has survived an acid attack. Yeah. Um, and the star of that film is a survivor of an mm -hmm. acid attack. So that's kind of like the flip oh, side of this that's coin. That's like a good way to to uh, to approach those. Yeah. Why not just problems? do that well, exactly. as opposed to exactly? Why not just do exactly that part of it. See, that part of it makes total sense to me. You're financing and putting money behind telling the story of someone who generally would not have their story told, and you're casting someone who lived that. Who lived that. Yeah. That's perfect. That's exactly the way to approach it. But that's where, to me, that's what the film industry has been doing a very good job of recently is, yep. is changing that root of it. But then when you make bonehead decisions like the first part no of that. No facial scars. It, it, that doesn't help the problem. That does not do anything because you're not, you're, you're basically, to me, that's demeaning to humanity to do that because it means we're, we're not smart enough to make differentiations between, oh, I see this person as evil, so therefore everything about them is evil. You're basically saying that we don't have the ability to differentiate between film and reality. What's going to happen to that Irish actor who does have a facial scar? Will he not get yeah, work anymore? He got that in a bar. Yeah. He was a bartender, and he got it in a fight in like Dublin. Well, certainly not as a villain, I guess. As something else, because that's what they were saying, right? Specifically Only villains, right? Like, characters have like that negative view to them, like a villain or. Something. But again, I think that's the wrong approach to it. But again, like the second part of that sounds Makes great. Sense. Of course, yeah. put more funding into making sure everybody can have their voice heard through film, because that's the power it has. It can change people's perspective. It can teach and it can grow. But I don't know. I I still think that this is another example of people looking at audiences and and not giving them enough credit for how smart mm -hmm. people can be and how you can interpret. Like, I, I, I know a Bond villain is a villain. Well, and, it, you know, I, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it comes to the same argument of people saying, well, violence in movies creates violence at home. Um, it can. Of course, it can. Same with violence in video games. But you also have parents, teachers, friends, colleagues who can explain and work with you and uh, especially when you're younger walk you through what's right and what's wrong. I mean, I 100% remember my parents telling me what you see on television and movies are not something you recreate outside It's not of it. real. Um, and I do, for a fact, know that those conversations in homes don't happen. So it, enough? It, enough. And, and I feel like that's like, I feel like that's part of the problem. And obviously there's way more. Nothing is ever Black and white. Yeah, it's not just this is the one problem, but I do know why are there not efforts being taken to to make that work as well. It's just no. it seems so. Let's just do something quickly so people know we're doing something. Yeah, it'll make me feel better that I'm taking this. Action. We look good on paper. We look, exactly, we look good on paper. So let's do this. But but at least yeah, at least they're kind of the putting some of their side. money. I like that that they're putting some of their money behind. Hey, there's this person's story. Like no one has made this movie mm -hmm. and we're going to cast someone who's who's lived that and has that sort of connection to it great that's yeah. like that's fantastic do we have time for uh, we don't. Why don't you quickly just read both of them and we'll just, Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Warner uh, announces new three-tiered streaming service because online media wasn't complicated enough. Not a great point. Everybody has a podcast now, even fictional 70s news anchor Ron Burgundy. Not a great point. And us too. And us too. <laughs> and we do too. <laughs> I guess if we could have one, Ron Burgundy could exactly. have one. And I am so interested in the Ron Burgundy podcast. It's going to be in 2019. Funny or Dies co-producing. <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely love that idea. Um, but anyway, yes, anyone can have a podcast. Even, even us. us. Even you. Even you. 
Um, well, thanks everyone for tuning in today. We had a little bit that rant at the end uh, of those headlines that Taylor keeps throwing out there. Um, that's a little preview of the next couple episodes because we I get keep, a little political. Oh, we get political and we rant <laughs> about many a thing, but it all comes back to movies and it's all in of course in fun. Like I think there's a lot of important things we talk about, but in terms of movies, we know that uh, you know it's it's all in fun, and we hope that by saying these things, you respond and you, you talk to us. Start it thinking. Conversation. Yeah, yeah we want to hear from you always. Well, well thanks everybody for tuning in and you'll hear from us next week go see some movies i know it has something to do with the colors on the wall but we're looking for numbers for the lock no see the numbers here line up with each of these colors hold on what if we improbable escapes is kingston's number one fun thing to do this escape room offers live action adventures where you and your friends are challenged to use your creative thinking to solve your way out of a locked room. Open 9am to 1am. You can use your promo code CFRC18 with your student ID to save $5 off your escape room today. For booking information, visit Uh 